following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. The Nostalgia Funhouse proudly dedicates all episodes in the loving memory of Connie Chirac. Microsoft Actimate's Interactive Barney. Hello there. Squeeze my hand and I'll move. <laughs> we watch videos together. Barney knows the computer. Good job. Microsoft Smart Toys. They interact with your television, your PC, and your child. Peek-a-boo. There you are. <laughs> that was fun. I love you. You love me. Let's get together and talk about the Barney documentary. I think I got it. You got it. You I got it. not only got it, you nailed it. That there was incredible. Go. That's right. Here on the Nostalgia Funhouse, Andrew and I, Johnny, uh, are going to celebrate the first half of November with uh, uh, an extrav- a Barney extravaganza. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're going to cover two different Barneys uh, in the next this week and next week. So hold on to, as Samuel Jackson famously said, hold on to your butts. <laughs> yes, one Barney uh, beloved by many, and the other Barney not so much. As we get into this episode, yeah, at kindness, uh, one Barney that uh, reaction was split. Yeah. <laughs> and that's putting it kindly. Yeah, very. Yeah. But we are talking about uh, the documentary on Peacock, the I Love You, You Hate Me, Barney documentary, which I feel is something that I don't felt was needed, but we did need in a way. Yeah, it wasn't something I would ever think to myself, man, I wish, like, I never, I promise you, I never once said the sentence or thought the sentence, man, I wish there was a documentary about Barney the Purple Dinosaur. That's never, ever popped in my mind, but man, it's a really good documentary. It, it really is, because I think Barney is one of those things that are kind of, like, past our time. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Like that, the, and I do remember watching Barney on PBS. I went through a weird PBS kick around 92. Yeah. I, don't, I think it was because it was, like, the first summer that my brother was old enough to kind of like babysit me so we stayed at home all day yeah so there wasn't really anything to do other than watch pbs because i was not into the guiding light or as the world turns or <laughs> yes. in the hospital at that point in time so it's kind of like yeah. i guess it's on i'll play with my gi joes if none of my friends are outside but that yeah. I, I i my pbs shows were sesame street of course uh, reading rainbow for sure that's probably my yeah. favorite one uh wishbone was one that i really loved as well what's the story wishbone what's that you're dreaming of we Such talked about imagination we talked about as you stated before that dog has the best acting range out of anybody oh yeah yeah oh, on yeah. tv um and ghost rider I, oh yeah oh yes well yeah um barney though i think the reason that it that I hated it. Well, first of all, I don't think people realize how long Barney was around. 
from like 88 1988 to 2010 pretty much that's a long span like if you would have asked me to just guess when it was around i would have said like 91 to 94 or something like that would have been my guess yeah. right because i think it's when it kind of hit its peak it was huge but uh it was around that time so i was born in 83 so i was probably close to 10 or something like that when uh my little cousin who was in preschool during the summer my mom would babysit her and so she hung out with us a lot, right? So she's, I basically consider her like a sister now because she was always around us. However, when she was that young, she like she ate everything Barney up, right? She loved Barney. We had to have the, the tapes and everything for her because that was her favorite thing. And it just ate away at me little by little because I just couldn't take it, right? It was like it was a uh, 10-year-old me thought I was way too cool for this <laughs> type of thing. And I, I think it's, uh, and if you think about it, I think it's where a lot of the hate comes from. Uh, well, honestly, when anything gets big in the first place, but when something gets big and it's for whatever reason, if it's meant for kids, like adults, it's really strange how some adults will have like an extreme hatred toward it when it's obviously not meant for them. Yeah. Uh, when this podcast was named under the Let's Talk But No Politics Okay title, uh, Bryce Benjamin and I, we, we, talk, we did talk about early childhood programming. Yeah. And it was very different from what he was saying compared to what I watched. And we're about, I think, maybe eight, nine years difference yeah, in age. And it was, I think that was, I think he mentioned Barney because like I said, by this point, I'm definitely not watching Barney, but it was interesting. And they do make that comment in this documentary that, you know, throughout the eighties, even into almost the early nineties, there wasn't a lot of early childhood programming out there too much and yeah i kind of got a little upset by that because i was like well listen we i i did have it but it wasn't on all the time <laughs> i was lucky enough to live by the canadian border so i watched uh mr dress up fred partner's place the friendly giant things like i mentioned to anybody outside of that area they're like yeah See, i have no idea what you're talking about yeah. so these were these were my people so and i thought that was kind of cool that she did this and then i also realized she was a stay-at-home mom with an only child and yeah i was like okay so she was like let's get this going and that's why barney came to be because she wanted her son to have something entertaining to watch that she didn't feel was like violent because most of the time i'm not gonna lie as a kid and even you we were watching you know like he-man and transformers and gi joe and yeah he-man and gi joe gave us valuable lessons i learned not oh yeah at the end they always told me stuff i learned not to take prescription medication that wasn't prescribed to me from gi joe see yeah thank you uh, go joe yeah. <laughs> but that's that's pretty much like how this all was created was just her saying i got an idea and i need my son to ha my only child to have a friend yeah uh, i get that i did have friends growing up who were only children uh one of my neighbors who i was a good pal with he was an only child and you can obviously tell like that's a lot to deal with i know some people think oh it must have been great but um there's pros and cons to every situation and uh you know i thankfully he grew up to be okay i believe i haven't talked to him in a long time now though but <laughs> I, I just have very friends you are john <laughs> well you know he moved away so okay uh but uh uses yeah. but uh we um i used to go up to his house all the time because he was the only child his parent he was a child of divorce too so oh uh he got all i mean the pros would be of that and, and this is i'm not saying it's great obviously but the pros are 
that he got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like he got all the game systems when they came out and all the games. Like that's where I first got to play Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters, for example. I was up at his house. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a different situation uh, from like, you know, I grew up and my sister was always around from what I can remember because I'm only two years older than her. So she was always around. And I didn't know what it was like to just be by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I get, I get that. I have a, I have an older brother. He's about three years older than me. So it was like I, there was times where I was like, I wish I was an only child. But I look back on it and all the stuff that we did, other than when he wasn't torturing me. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, I think I would have missed out a lot as an as an only child. With yeah, yeah, me and my sister are like total polar opposites. Um, but it's uh, it's just uh, you know, it's just it's very different if you kind of grow up alone as compared to you know, if you ask most little kids, uh, a lot of like I'm talking like you know, up to three years old, uh, ones who would be watching Barney, yeah, uh, I think most of them would say if they don't have a sibling, be like, yeah, I want a sibling, you know, yeah, somebody to play with, basically, it's somebody there, yeah, so let's let's have a purple dinosaur. Yeah, he wasn't. I was shocked. He wasn't always a purple dinosaur. He was a teddy bear for like yeah one, and then they were supposed to have like a whole cast of characters. And yeah, what's the what's the lady's name who created it? I've already blanked on her name. Oh, uh, she's all over this documentary, obviously. Sherry Sherry Leach. Leach. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it's a two part documentary. Yes. Uh, but it comes in probably under two hours total together, yeah. and uh, she creates basically Barney. Uh, be, from like Andrew was saying, she they only had her and her husband only had one child, and she noticed there wasn't a lot of television that was kind of geared towards his age. And he obviously he's a, I mean, what little kid didn't like dinosaurs growing up, you know? Yeah. So let's uh let's make this a dinosaur. So they finally made him a dinosaur, and they started making uh VHSs, and those really caught on. So that's kind of how he got going. Uh, <laughs> But the, this documentary has some pretty wild twists and turns. Uh, we're going to have spoilers here. Yeah. So uh, please, if you're interested at all, and I think I can speak for Andrew and say that this is a must watch. It's beyond <laughs> way more fascinating than you think. Uh, so go give it a watch. There's some twists and turns in it that we're going to spoil because we have to talk about them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so know that going in. Go go watch that and then come back to this. I think if you were a parent around this time all the way to a kid at this time, this is... A must watch. Yes. Yes. If you had any connection or even thought about Barney or was part of the Barney. Or if you just remember him being everywhere at one point, because he was everywhere yeah, at one he point. He was everywhere. I remember that. So but... let's talk about the first the first big the first moment uh that my jaw dropped is when so there was an original guy in the Barney suit, but mm-hmm. he actually ended up uh enlisting. Love this. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so he has to leave, and this is right as Barney's about to get big, uh, and right as he's about to take off. So they get another guy in here to do it, and it's, <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound like we're making it up, but it's re- <laughs> it's revealed that this guy, who played Barney for a it's... good long while, especially while he was famous, he was Barney. When Barney was a big deal, he was the one who was in the suit. Uh, but this guy is a tantric sex therapist. Ain't that what he, <laughs> that how he described? Yes. And I love the interview <laughs> with him where they're like trying to say like, do you have sex 
with your students and he's like well if that's part of like if that's part of like i don't even know how to say it where it sounds like just if you're not in that realm where you're in a car i know this is saying specifically because i had to watch it twice <laughs> like he's trying to get around like if it's part of, the only way i can think about it is if it's part of the package then <laughs> yeah like he, he's, he sells his services like there's different levels to it and depending on which level you get one of them does include it's like it's a i guess a perk I, <laughs> but the but the uh but the documentary guy flat out asked him because well do you have they're in a car uh, do you have sex with your clients and he goes a long way of saying yes he says a lot of words but basically he should have just said yes <laughs> yeah he was he was trying to tiptoe around it and yeah. the only thing was he was this before he was in the barney yes. right yeah they, they made him like they go while you're playing barney you can't talk about this. <laughs> talk about it. I think they did. They told him he couldn't do it at all. Or I'm I pretty sure. Yeah. Go, yeah. You could. Like no. he had to sign that in the contract, I believe. I'm pretty sure the payment of Barney was pretty good. So I would think so, especially as he was uh, hitting a stride there in the '90s. Uh, but yeah, so that's a pretty big reveal that Barney himself was all into this tantric sex stuff, <laughs> and I'm assuming he. Uh, I. <laughs> It's it's I, just so bizarre because he goes out of his way of saying it's not a he, he tries to make a point that this is not a sexual thing yeah like it's more of um for your soul and uh it's like a calming thing and stuff like that but uh you know like just be honest and say you know sex is a big part of it yeah like just say it like we all know. <laughs> I love how the originals never get into the big thing. Like the original writer of Barney, they yeah. just like cut him in a nice way saying you're way too creative for us. Cause he wanted to make Barney into this Bruce Willis moonlighting character, which I think would have been a hundred times better than Barney. Oh than yeah. Barney. See, I would have watched that. Yeah, for sure. That's like out there making jokes and like goofing around. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then they were like, and then they wrote me a, you know, they brought me in and said that I was way too creative. My, or so way too creative or my creative ideas were like out of control or something like that. Yeah. They're like, we just want to teach kids to, you know, count numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to make Bruce Willis type jokes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, I will say, know this also going in, they interview a lot of people related to this right down to like the babysitter of, yeah. of the family, but they never actually interview anybody from the family, from the main, from the no. family. Yeah. Cause they all, I, they all declined and I don't want to get, there, there's some spoilers even with them. Like, yeah. There's... I dare say the biggest reveal this whole thing is in part two, which is related to them. Yes. Yeah. But we'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. Part one is just pretty much the rise of Barney, and yeah. then oh, I do love <laughs> when I was watching it. When I first started watching it, I was texting Andrew, and I was like, within the first five minutes, I was like, "This is a must-watch" because they do a little montage at the beginning of so showing all these people praising Barney and how much they love Barney. All these parents say Barney's the greatest, and then they cut to this. I'm assuming a, 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 like a college-age guy oh, pointing yeah. a pointing a gun to a plush Barney and blowing its head off. <laughs> I think he calls him a commie too. <laughs> he calls him something. He cusses him out. This, that's like the big part of this is the <laughs> the first part is like the love hate relationship of Barney. Yeah, pretty much. It's, a, it's like a it's almost vitriol, right? Like yeah. it's just the 
like you either absolutely adored this character or it was literally the bane of existence. Like the parties at Nebraska, the Barney Bash. Yeah. That, <laughs> I thought that was maybe, I under, because it was college, I understand it. But if that was actual like adult adult, I would have been like, right. that this is overboard. But because it was in a college setting, I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. College, you know, you find any reason to get your friends together. Yeah, and, and and do stupid stuff. So I I, I understood that, but it's just it's just so weird. Right. Because I, at its core, Barney is harmless. Yeah, I like the father who also the advertising executive that started the I hate Barney secret society. And yeah. I, in a way, I get what he's going at, but I think he went a little bit too far. Where it, he does talk about where it wasn't anything relatable to his daughter. And he guess he was on the road a lot, so when he came home, he wanted to spend time with his daughter. But yeah, it came. It sounded like it came out of a bit of jealousy, right? Yeah, like I I can't connect with my daughter over Barney, and which yeah. I find as a parent a little bit rough because my kids as they get older have gotten into different things. Uh, my one son yeah. discovered anime, so yeah. Yeah. Everything was like anime Demon Slayer. I can't name any of the characters, but if I sat down and watched a Demon Slayer show or movie with them, yes. And that's just because sometimes you just gotta. Doesn't matter if you enjoy it. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, anybody, more about the, it's more about the time you're spending with. Thank them. you. I don't want to give anybody like parent advice or make me sound yeah. like the greatest like father of the year. But yeah, yeah. like <laughs> I, I guarantee you, my dad. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming that my dad didn't care one way or the other about basketball. He was just there, but he would go out of his way just to shoot hoops with me sometimes. Right. Cause he knew I love basketball. That's, and that's all you got to do. Yeah. I do have to, the world to me. So, and on the other side, I do have to admit when my kids were growing up, I did ban a kind of a cartoon in the house just because I found it annoying, but they never really found it or got into it. Like oh, what is it? I got to know what this is. <laughs> uh, it, it's called Kipper. So I do not know what this is. My youngest K-I-P-P-E-R? Yeah. So my youngest cousin, well, not really my youngest cousin. It would be my second to youngest cousin. He's like 16, 17 years older than me. Is it a dog? Yes. Okay. Okay. You, you... Oh, I've seen this. I've not seen it, but I've, I've seen this character. Yeah. So he would watch Kipper, and I would do everything the way to get him to not watch Kipper because I hated how I felt the creators of Kipper were lazy because it was just a white screen and then yeah. and there'd be like a tree with a little bit of grass around it. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of programming now for kids this age, though. Is this so, very minimalistic type stuff? Maybe because I'm used to like Voltron, form Blazing Sword, Power Rangers flipping yeah. all over the place. I was like, this is annoying. Okay, and they would, you know, and he would be like, oh, hello, pig, because I believe they were all British accent. Oh, hello, pig, what are you doing today? Oh, Kippa, I'm doing this by this tree. Oh, and, Kippa. Yeah, and it just annoyed the crap out of me. So. I like, I wouldn't say I bandit bandit, but I like put it away. Like, okay, I, I, I get it. Like, my um, watch this. My cousin who I talked about before, she has three kids now. One of them's really young, and this kid is two or three, and she loves this show called Coco Melon. And oh. this, and Coco Melon is the worst thing in existence to me it is so purely awful and the animation looks very lazy uh, it's all computer animated but it's lazy stuff all the songs and it's pretty much a musical but all the songs sound exactly the same just with different lyrics uh and uh, like it just drives me bonkers uh, i can't take it 
So, uh, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, we should burn everything Coco Melon is. Yeah. It's just not, uh, obviously, it's not for me. <laughs> We're not going to have secret societies or make a Barney D&D role playing game. Yeah. 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 I can't even remember what that was even called. Basically, they made a role playing game where Barney was like the evil thing they were fighting. Almost and, satanic. Yeah. Uh, which I think that sounds kind of fun to me. But <laughs> it, it did. It did. Yeah. And he, um, and 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 on the second part, he comes off pretty well to me because he he kind of felt like they sort of opened the door for a lot more of the hatred on the internet because this is early days of the internet, and he felt really he didn't feel good about that. So I love it how they addressed that. Like that Barney Secret Society newsletter was circulated through email, and yeah, this is the beginning. It's almost like Barney started the internet troll era. Yeah. It, like Barney and Beanie Babies kind of came around right as the internet was hitting, uh, was really starting to hit. And that's, uh, you know, Beanie Babies famously had one of the first viral websites, right? Uh, and Barney was another one of the big things during the same time. Uh, it's it's just, an, it's just pretty crazy to think about, really. The Jihad to Destroy Barney. That's it, yeah. Yes, that's the D&D game. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I wonder if Anthony ever played that. <laughs> yeah anthony's younger than us i don't even know if he knows what barney is he knows what barney is i he'll surprise you i don't know yeah he probably will what about our, what about our buddy jake you think he would know who barney is? jake yeah jack jack oh yeah. jack the, the, that crew yeah yeah that crew think... I, I could guarantee it man jack's 26 yeah, he's yeah, he's a lot younger than me. Yeah, so he's got to be in that prime Barney area because my cousin watched Barney, and he's I don't know in my mind still twelve, but <laughs> he's considered an that. adult with a job. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man! But in my mind, uh, he's twelve, but yeah. he watched Barney because Barney is. I gotta say, Barney is something I learned. Uh, my uncle, who was like the cool guy. Like my one uncle, my my uncle Chris, he was like the cool uncle. Like he was younger. He married my aunt that's only 13 years older than me. So he was like super cool back then. Like he drove like the 69 Chevelle. He had like Nintendo games. He played guitars, even though you never saw him. He was just like this cool guy. He had cool cars. And then my cousin was born and he was laying on the couch watching Barney. I'm like, you watch this stuff? And he taught me a lesson that I never thought I would use as as a father or anything else. And he goes, he goes, no, it's not sad that I'm watching Barney. It's sad that I can't wait for this song to get over because I like the next one better. <laughs> and that is very true. <laughs> okay, so that that was my experience where you know watching it. But I mean, Mike doesn't watch Barney, but it wasn't like his big thing. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty wild. So this, not only is this documentary really well made, but I did appreciate that it really does look at both aspects of Barney, the love of Barney, because they make sure that they talk about how big it got. Uh, I mean, even their first uh, live show was a sellout, which is pretty yeah. wild considering at this time it wasn't even on PBS yet. Uh, they talk about it getting onto PBS and it just really, really taking off from there. All because of Super Bowl Twenty Five, man. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's pretty wild stuff. So how big he got? I mean, there's still there's, there's Barney references today. Like I think 
Um, I think there's like a purple dinosaur in uh, Grand Theft Auto, like the new one. The, the it's it? been out forever. GTA Five. I think there's like a purple dinosaur. It's a reference to him. Um, he's referencing a lot of a lot of stuff. One of my favorite stories in this though is uh, when they try to get litigi- litigious and they try to start uh, suing people over oh, corny stuff. And so- they talk to the guy who's the who, what's his name the mascot the San Diego chicken. Yeah, the San Diego chicken, and he stays in costume. Yeah, he is, dude. That was like his thing. Like, I was so happy he stayed in costume. It made it even better. What got really creepy was when you saw his mouth. Or like, yeah. <laughs> that... I think it was. I think it was part of the joke that was like he even tried to put. He even had to put on his glasses and he. Put his that was probably the biggest mascot in sports. Yeah, like, I definitely even, remember him. Yeah, even Pete Rose dressed up as him in WrestleMania 14 or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was pretty funny. So basically, he had a bit where a a, a knockoff Barney would come out and would outshine him, and he would get mad and jealous and beat it up. So that's literally yeah. just a just a goofy joke. And they tried to sue him, and he actually won. But the best part of that is that he stays in character during this whole interview, and he never once breaks kayfabe, but it's pretty great. Even down to, like I said, um, he has to. They give him something to read, and he has to put on his glasses. Through and, the mouth. But he puts him in through the mouth because that's where his face is at. So. <laughs> but he never breaks character. It's I so I love that. I, think- I like the jihad Barney guys. I love it when they start talking about it, and he's like, "We got a little scared because we're just like." college kids with no money (laughs) we don't know what to do so yeah i do like how they were like okay we're gonna stop all this because i think it's one of the things where the bigger you get there are gonna be the people that are just gonna hate it because of how big you are yeah and then is barney the greatest no but something that children loved in this time period well, there's, I mean, that's the risk of anything when it gets so big where it's everywhere. You know, I mean, music's a great example of this. I definitely remember when Creed first came out and people were like, oh, this is some good stuff. But then like that song got played everywhere again and again and again. And then it became truly annoying, right? Because it's just all you ever heard. And that was no fault of Creed themselves. Mm-hmm. It's it's just uh, that's kind of what happens. And the same thing with Barney. Um, same thing with anything that sort of takes over uh, pop culture for a little bit that that kind of happens to. I, I remember band. I played the trombone and one of the first pieces of music we had to learn how to play was I love you, you love me. <laughs> so of course my mom being the way that she is and everything else. And then we were living with my grandmother at the time. We'd be like, Oh, play what you did in, uh, in band. So I would have to sit there and be like, I was horrible. So that's why I'm. (laughs) I did like that. They interviewed the guy who made that song and, uh, he, he talked about that piano being cursed or something like that. Because <laughs> he got death threats over that song, over creating that song. Like, that's going a bit too far. But that was the big thing was I I love the fact that you that they made it this way in the I love you, you hate me, because that was the big yeah. thing growing up as a kid. Let's get together and kill Barney. Yeah, I mean, that's what kids do, right? You take any song that gets big and, you, and it's easy to kind of make lyrics up to like that one is, you know, I mean, everybody's got a version of Jingle Bells, you know, Batman Smells, that type of thing. So uh, it's it, it's definitely uh, pretty fun. Uh, in a, I think that you can have fun hating on something and that's just fine. But there were obviously, and it's documented in this show, 
people who took it way too far. Yeah, like that's like it's a bit much there, buddy. Calm down a little bit. I mean, they have them. I didn't realize they had them on talk shows and stuff like that. Yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. I did like the the guy who. But here's the thing that like most of the people that they interview. Uh, even down to the guy, the tantric sex guy, like most of them come off to me personality wise as pretty okay people. Uh, and like, even down like, uh, to the, vo- the guy who voiced Barney for a long time, um, all these people, you could tell, like, they seem to really enjoy their time working on the show and they come uh, to me, they come off very well. Uh, there wasn't really a single person who was actually affiliated with the show that I thought came off like jerks the only one that's just really weird is the tantric sex guy and that's because he's in a tantric sex <laughs> and that's apparently a big part of his personality that's the only thing it really reminded me of he reminded me of uh i uh, i went to high school with these friends and i we were all really close and one time i i and i wasn't noticing this but as we grew up and got older one time I went over to their house and it dawned on me like their personalities are like 50% all about marijuana now. Oh, because <laughs> it's all they talk about and it's all they want to do. And it's all they talk. I mean, that's fine. I don't have anything against it, but like, you know, I, you know, I want to uh, goof off and make jokes for my friends. And they're just like, man, if you tried this, in a, uh, if you tried this, whatever, uh, oh, it's some good stuff, man. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I hadn't been over there since. <laughs> I can, I can understand that. It's just that, you know, sometimes people get into something and it literally becomes half of who they are mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, I'm sure people think about that with me and Ninja Turtles, so I get it. It's not a problem. Yeah. Like I said, I can't judge anybody. I have a crass, we're, we're castle gray skull behind me. Yeah. yeah. And then my kids play, like, make sure everything goes back. <laughs> yeah. Half of my personality is based on the career of one uh, certain Mr. DeLome. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love Jake DeLome? Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think the reason why they enjoyed it so much is when you hit your core audience and make yeah. so much joy. I think that's the big, the big thing about it. Yes, that's the thing that I realized. Like when I was in my twenties, if I didn't like something, I was like, "Well, it's it's awful and it's horrible." Like I I became a comedy snob, and I certainly became a music snob, uh, and I would voice out these things. Like, I'd be like, oh, country music is, like, the radio country music is so awful, it's horrible. And then I got older and I realized, you know what, it just, some people just need something to rewind, Mm -hmm. uh, to unwind and relax, and that brings them a little bit of joy, so who cares at the end of the day? Yeah. It's not hurting anybody, you know, just let people enjoy what they enjoy as long as nobody's getting hurt, so. So that's pretty much the first one and i love it how the first one ended because i was like oh okay here we go to the second one and then they start talking about uh cheryl leach's son patrick and yes. the, did you guys see any signs of what what patrick was gonna do yeah so they alluded a lot to what something's obviously going to happen to patrick <laughs> yes and then all of a sudden it ends and i thought it was just gonna maybe watch like one episode and then watch another one later on yeah and then all of a sudden i'm like well what what did Patrick do? Yeah, I had to watch him all the way through. I was like, I have to know what <laughs> happened to Patrick. Because, again, you never actually see him in an interview. He's never interviewed in this. He's just brought up, and that's kind of the it until they start saying, hey, did you think? Uh, that's literally a question that they would ask. Like, did you know what would happen to Patrick would happen? And that one babysitter was kind of weird about it and all this stuff. So you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> but in the next one, even in the next one, you really don't find out about it. But you find out that even though as big as Barney was, it put a big kind of dark cloud 
over this family because they alluded to, you know, it was made for Patrick, but Patrick got older. But he was still there. It wasn't like an imaginary friend where once you get older, unlike Drop Dead Fred, uh, like an imaginary friend, it kind of goes away. Yeah. And and the mom would all the time, even in interviews, say that Barney was like another son to her. Like constantly said that. And that was like a big, huge thing. The father quit his job and he was like an executive for some company and quit his job because Barney was the full time thing. Yeah, it was the became the ultimate breadwinner. Yeah. It did, yeah. Well, I could see why it was it was huge, but it was like crazy all this stuff. And it took a lot of it's like kind of like the dark side of fame, even though everybody wants to be famous, nobody wants to deal with in a way, sometimes I feel the things that come along with. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of, there's pros and cons to everything. Like I said before, it's just, uh, you know, being uh, Andrew, we're you know very famous podcasters <laughs> and we got to deal with the uh, thousands and thousands of thousands of people constantly just trying to get a moment of our time, you know? So, so I get it. <laughs> got tons on Patreon. Tons oh man! Oh god, we're making so much money. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, please go to Patreon because yeah. we're joking and we are desperate. <laughs> yes, we we cut out a movie review because it couldn't fit into our budget. <laughs> <laughs> we really did. <laughs> the we, <laughs> and that movie review was the ghost of Mister Chicken. <laughs> we couldn't afford the ghost of Mister Chicken. Yes, <laughs> but you can go to our Patreon for one dollar a month. You can get exclusive content. And right now, it's one dollar a month. We have no tears. We're no nothing. Well, there's tears, but it's coming from our eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. But uh, we're I'm very proud of the stuff we put that we and looking at our now. and looking at our budget for the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, That's where we, the tears, which were in the red, is all I'm going to say. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but oh, that clouded my family. Uh, what, what, uh, what other podcast <laughs> could say that they that, that they couldn't afford to watch the Ghost of Mister Chick? We talk anymore. Stanley Struthers is going to come out. <laughs> like, we just need that really sad, uh, like a Lennis Morissette music playing behind us. <laughs> And we're just looking at the camera all sad like those dogs do. <laughs> help us. In the arms of an angel. You could help two struggling podcasters. <laughs> Andrew, we're, do- we're we're going to do this. You know that, right? Yeah. And you can catch it on our Patreon. That's right. <laughs> but that was like the big, it was a big dark cloud. And I don't know if we just want to kind of jump into like everything that happens to this family after. I think we got to. She I mean, she sells Barney in what two big company? Yeah, uh, she sell she sells Barney to a big company. I forgot who the company was, but it's one of the big ones, right? Uh, who was it? I think it was like NBC or it, it was some huge. Uh, yeah, so she uh, made even more money to the point where her and like her and her husband get a divorce. Uh, she moves to where like, does she take her son? It's like, uh Cancun or somewhere like that. No, it's not Cancun. It's uh some tropical place, and, and they live there for a while. And he's getting older. He's now in like his twenties, and he moves to California, and that's where it kind of starts getting pretty wild. Y- yes. Yeah. Uh. So he's in California, 
And he has a pretty nice house because they show you the house and everything. A, a uh, mansion. So yeah, mother made. Which is really weird because like they show you like the neighborhood it's in, and his house really sticks out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like you know that one house in the neighborhood that's obvious that this family has a lot of money and everybody else is kind of struggling. That's really what it looks like to me. But he has a neighbor. Like he uh he lives there with his family. I think he's married and doesn't he have kids too, I believe? Uh I think they said he did. I think there was three kids there. I don't know if they were his kids. Yeah. Uh but well, he has a fa- he has a family there. Like a like a stepfather situation. Yeah, yeah. So he has but he's there with his family. And he and this neighbor start getting into disputes and stuff. Uh, they just don't get along. <laughs> and basically, they, what, were, uh, what were they mad at? Like he found him on his yard or something like that. Yeah, it's like just stupid neighbor. Little pet, petty neighbor stuff. Quabble. You hear about it all the time when two neighbors aren't getting along. Like everything's blown way out of proportion uh, and how big it is. One of my favorite stories is Trevor's dad. Uh, and they're, which is really sad because they've lived there forever. I mean, that's the house I'd always go to when I was a kid. Was there? But their next door neighbor, who's right there, uh, had uh, had a nice pool and everything. Would let us come and swim. They were as nice as they could be. Something just changed, and they got to where like they just uh, were very, <laughs> they were very jerkish. Okay. And uh, so uh, Trevor's dad would just start doing little petty things. <laughs> I, like uh like uh, with a fence he would do some he would hang up his underwear <laughs> where they could see it i i'm not gonna lie i understand that yeah my mom had a neighbor like that and he would come over and we used to keep the gas can outside yeah a little where our, um basement was it was kind of cut out and you could just put the gas can there nothing no water during like the yeah. summertime anything like that so we would steal our gas. So I was told to go outside and mow the lawn. I'd be like, there's no gas. And of course, my mom and my stepdad would be like, what are you talking about? We just got gas. So my stepdad went out and bought another gas can. We kept the gas in the basement, which he didn't want to do, but we kept the gas in the basement. And another one, and he was like peeing this. So I peed in the gas can so that way he would <laughs> stop stealing our gas. But the, he did a lot of, lot of, lot of petty stuff. Yeah. And then my brother, my mom moved to Florida, my brother kind of like rented it from my mom and he would still do the same things with my brother. But the weird thing is, is once I came back from the Marines, whenever I was over, he would never come outside, never do anything. <laughs> and they would be like, dude, we got to have you over all the time. Cause like everything is like perfectly calm when you come over, <laughs> when you come over. And I'm like, yeah, no, no. So weird. Like, it's just strange. Uh, I've been very lucky. Uh, my neighbor here is like just a sweet old lady. So <laughs> she's very nice. And uh, if the, like, she'll even check in over here sometimes to make sure everything's okay. That type of thing. So she's really sweet, but I know some people are not near as lucky. <laughs> no, I'm lucky here where I live with like neighbors and everything else. Yeah. But one day though, Mr. Patrick Leach decides he has enough and he can't take it anymore. Yeah. Literally puts on body armor, puts on a bulletproof vest, shotgun right and he goes over and he shoots the guy in the back i thought like uh, they were having a talk and the guy goes to walk away and he shoots him obviously meaning to kill thankfully that guy does survive but then he takes off right and when they find him he's got that bulletproof vest which obviously means this is to be premeditated and the defense for this was pretty good i don't want to get into any who was right who was wrong type deal like that because you could go I don't want to say you could go either side, but it was very weird. Like they kind of use like a 
Yeah, anytime you shoot somebody, that automatically puts you in the more wrong. To me, yeah. <laughs> in like an insanity defense. Yeah, yeah especially but, when there's not really self defense involved, and I don't think there's any self defense involved here. But he felt threatened, and they used the whole hatred of Barney over it. I didn't even know who Patrick Leach was before this. Yeah, I didn't know. So if you're deep diving that much into Barney, either you're a huge fan or you have a complete obsession of hatred. What did you think of that one uh, fanatic who is an adult who um, they interview? Like he's he's all throughout this thing. I would, he's obviously he's like the Barney expert. I don't see a I don't see a problem with it. I don't either. And I it, really don't either. And I wanted to save the because Steve from Blues Clues is in this. Yes, he yes. is absolutely amazing. I don't know if that guy has gone through sainthood yet, but the question he asked at the end of it, I want to save to the end of this. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't see a pro- at first. I was like, I got very cynical, where I'm like, dude. I, I I caught myself doing that too, and then I realized this would be no different than if they were interviewing me about Ninja Turtles or something hey. like that. I have yeah. a Castleberry skull behind me. Yeah. Again, yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's there's no difference there. Just people have different I, fandoms of things. Yeah. I have very interesting stuff. I have different, you know, plaques of movies that meant a lot to me growing up right above my office. It says warning, you know, Velociraptors. And yeah, so I can't make, I'm, I mean, literally right in front of me is a still in package mankind WWE. Figures. So, so you, you, I, I mean, what are you going to say if that's yeah. if that's his thing, that's his thing, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, it get, another thing with that is there's a guy that does that. He runs HeMan.org. Yes, history of He-Man, and I'm like, this guy's cool. And then here's this guy who's a Barney historian. I'm like, he's a dork. Well, yes. what if he a dork and the guy that that runs HeMan.org, right, a dork? And that kind of like processed through my brain. Like, that, yes. Yes, I did the same thing. Like it's it's just uh, uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's easy to be hypocritical without realizing it. Yeah, uh, and I'm definitely guilty of that. So yeah, but, the uh, other... but yeah, like I said though, they interview a lot of awesome people in here. We didn't even get to the other part about the family. Oh, oh that yeah, was like good. they touched on this very quick. If you know, yes, yes. So yes. they talk about the minute Barney sold, uh, Cheryl and her husband get a divorce, and he ends up committing suicide in 2010. Yeah. And I'm yes. like, wait, we, we're just going to gloss over this, which I understand because you don't want to get too much into that. That's kind yeah. of a very deep thing. But it was like, wow, Barney, like as big as it was, like really took a toll. Yeah. yeah. Really, yeah, really impacted this family. Because apparently a lot of people were really like that guy too. Like it was uh, obviously a very sad thing. Um, it, yeah. And that's got to affect Patrick. I mean, I don't know what his mm-hmm. relationship was with his dad when that happened, but. You know, it's obviously got to affect you somehow because they make it very apparent that um, the mom was away a lot because of the Barney stuff. So he was probably with his dad way, way more. Yeah. Uh, so that's that cannot be easy. It's got to affect you mentally at some in some capacity. Uh, it's uh, it, losing anybody that you're close to just sucks. But especially if it's something like that, like how do you process that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just a weird thing I wouldn't wish upon anybody. So. Uh, uh, but yeah, they really do kind of, they bring it up. They do a, they talk to a couple people who say a few little things and it just kind of is, uh, that's it. They move on. Yeah. It's very interesting. And then they kind of allude to a little bit that once Barney was sold, the premise of Barney was changed 
they brought yeah. in a character riff that yeah what's it called when a, a show brings in a new it's called something because a show did that where they brought in uh, a new character and everybody kind of hates that character you know it's a sitcom oh, oh, famous sitcom. Oh, oh, oh. cousin oliver yes 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 the cousin it, oliver effect it wasn't it cousin oliver i think it, i think you're right yes if that not, was, he was one of the, he's one of the major examples of it at the very least. A cousin Oliver syndrome. Oh my goodness! That's it. Yeah, Popped right up. First yeah. examples of co- yes. <laughs> you can find wow. this in a lot of shows where they're toward the end of their lifespan of the show, and they're just kind of grasping at anything they can. It's always the little kid. Yeah, it's, and it's never uh, the kid's fault, by the way. But they will be the one who get blamed. So yeah, get the blame. It's almost like in life, like fixing a marriage where they're like, oh, they're going to have try and have a kid to fix. Yes. They're like, yes. we're going to we're going to fix the show. Yeah. by That's going to that's going to fix everything. It's, it's going to be 100 percent or a kid gets older. So they need to bring in like a younger kid, like uh, Cosby show. Yes. Yeah. He's getting older. All right. We got to switch this. Let's bring in Raven Simone. And yeah. or the, just do like Family Matters did and just the. Uh, write that character out of history just don't ever talk about them again they went upstairs and they never came back down that's happened quite a bit too that happened on happy days it's happened on that's, a lot of shows it's, it's bad it's pretty like wild. even uh growing pains like they just had a kid and then all of a sudden yeah. they adopt the kid in leonardo yeah. like we're yeah. gonna just go full board for our last two seasons <laughs> but anyway so that kind of happens on party they add a new character and um it's kind of try, try to relate to the kids because as they bring out, you know, as they talk about, uh, uh, society was sort of starting to lean toward, you know, Nirvana and yeah. the grunge and uh, uh, being cynical was way more of a thing, which was obviously something that Barney never was. <laughs> well, then they talked about it. I never noticed it is they talk about conflict being involved. Yes. Yeah. Like there was never any conflict in earlier barney and then all of a sudden they bring in these and it's like i want to do this no you can't do this we're, well, we're gonna do this okay well now we need to figure out how to solve a conflict yeah in this way which i never got it and i guess yeah nobody liked riff because he was baby bj's and baby bops six-year-old cousin yeah yes it was introduced in the 10th season yeah why that's so hard. so that's 98 because i think it should have started in 88 so uh, that's 98 oh. to 2000 running there no the v- they didn't count the vhs's oh okay okay so, so 2001 oh six okay all right 2006 all right so yeah that's that's a total that's a total uh cousin oliver move i i feel yeah they didn't make anything in 2004 or six it looks like 2001 also okay yeah the other year they were like do 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 bang them out there's a lot of shows though that are been around way longer than you think. Like SpongeBob has been around forever oh, now. Can't stand SpongeBob anymore. Oh, I, I I love early SpongeBob. Early SpongeBob is good. Early SpongeBob is amazing, but after like season five or whatever, it's uh, it's not near as good, in my I, opinion. I really like SpongeBob when I found out. I really I love the movie. I love the first movie though. That first movie's fantastic. Yeah. I liked. Um, I used to love the what? Well, I never. I wouldn't say I'd love to watch it, but because I was, I had to watch the show Coach. Yes, yeah, yeah. And Dauber on there, star uh, voice of Patrick Starr. So once I found that yeah. out, I was like this is great. This is just yeah. absolutely like one of Patrick's the my favorite characters. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, but my, my, my reason bringing it up is that show's been around since '99, and still they're still making new ones. So that's over 20 years of SpongeBob. People don't even Simpsons. think about that. 
probably the biggest longevity one. Yeah. Yeah, but like we said, Barney's been around, was around for twenty plus years, and I don't think people realize that. It's just it's pretty crazy if you think about it. Like if you make anything that gets popular for like two years, uh, it's I consider that a success. Yeah, but that's that's pretty much like the second episode on this. I don't know why they just make it one two hour, but and I think at the end, like we like I said, uh, and we both agree, Stephen Blue's Clues is absolutely amazing. Yes, we talk about the hatred of Barney and everything else. And he, he drops the question, you know, like Barney is love. He made kids feel comfortable. He it was beloved. And then he drops the question. And I was like, kind of mind blown by this in a way. Cause I wasn't expecting it. He was like, well, who is your Barney? Yeah. Growing up. And I'm like, wow. Like who was your early childhood? Make you feel good type person. And I'm like, that's like a really wonderful kind of question and makes you think like, like we talked about, can you really hate kids for loving Barney since we all have that one, maybe one, two, three type things in our life that was like, we held on to and no matter how, I mean, we're, you're little, but how crappy the day is or anything like that, you can still hold on to it even to this day. I will will never, never hate the Muppets. That was my thing when I was a kid was the Muppets. Kermit and Fozzie Bear especially were my were my fellows that I wanted to hang out with when I was a really young kid. Uh, to the point where when uh, Kermit would show up every once in a while on Sesame Street, it was like the coolest thing to like five-year-old me. It was like, oh, holy crap, that's Kermit the Frog. You know, uh, it was just so cool. But he's right. He also uh, brings up the fact that when you – are this object of love and extreme hatred how weird it is because he would experience this with being from blues clues oh the uh, where like all these rumors would spread that he was dead or or had like a, or an overdose and all this stuff and he goes you start thinking people just want you dead <laughs> i remember hearing that in high school and thinking like i was the we were the only high school that had that going around or the only city and to hear it like spread that far oh yeah completely... i heard it too yeah <laughs> my employment to me yeah uh but he comes off very well in this yeah um but so i feel like he's uh probably out of all the people they talk to i guarantee you he's the one who probably understood the whole thing the most because he kind of went through something similar yeah because like, there was for a little bit of while blues clues was all over the place yeah i remember blues clues being everywhere my nieces were into blues clues yeah i mean to the point where it was a major news when he was stepping down and they were getting somebody else <laughs> so. and it's never been the same since there's a lot of backlash there still is and he, yeah, he, people were really excited when he like made that one comeback that one time like he showed up one time people were very excited about that yeah i'm, I'm in a bunch of uh like 80s and 90s groups and obviously yeah. it was in the 90s and so like they bring it up and a lot of people like uh, the younger kids in the 90s that would remember Stephen blues clues posted in those groups and we're like yeah, we were not watching. Yeah. We but were, I get it, though. Like, I, I, get I do it. get it. Yeah, I, I get, get it. it. Like, my my guy, like I said in the beginning, was, you know, pretty much was, I loved Fred Penner, I, I, but my guy was Mr. Dress Up. And if you ever check him out on YouTube, uh, it, it, and this made me think about why Mr. Dress Up was so comforting to me, too, is that by the time I reached a certain age, by the time I was, like, three, both of my grandfathers were dead, and Mr. Dressup was an older guy. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like, and he was a very friendly guy. And obviously he would, you know, 
dress up. He would have his tickle trunk if anybody lived by the border. They know what I'm talking about. And he could dress up in the costumes and he made crafts and he you know, told stories and he did all this this cool stuff. And Mr. Dressup was just like the man. Like he would go in the kitchen and make a snack sometimes. That was like a big deal because he took you in different parts of his house. Outside, yeah. he had puppets, uh, Casey and Finnegan. Yeah. And it was just in case he was a boy and Finnegan was a dog and it was just very nice, comforting. It was, you know, just the way yeah. that he talked and everything else. And I can, uh, again, again, Steve is right. We all have these people. I mean, uh, LeVar Burton reading rainbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that was appointment television for five-year-old me. Uh, you know, he would bring these stories to life. I knew that before I knew star Trek or anything like that. Right. Before he was even yeah. doing that. I was like, I was a big LeVar Burton fan purely from reading Rainbow. Uh, It was a comfort to have him reading to me, you know. I mean, I was very lucky my parents would read to me all the time, but it's just something about LeVar Burton. Like, it felt like he was doing it, even though obviously he wasn't doing it just for me, but it kind of felt like that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mr. Rogers is the same way. It felt like whenever he was talking, he was talking directly to you, and there was a connection there, and it's that's not something that you can just – make up it's it's got to be in that person it's got to be in how it's presented and all this stuff um and you know even though barney came out at a time where i was past that uh, appealing to me i get it because when i was younger there were shows where i felt like wow this is talking directly to me and i feel like i'm a part of it somehow yeah yeah so that's that's uh... it's a major thing I gotta give Optimus Prime up there too with being my party to this day. If I watch, See, if I don't mention movie. Raphael from the Ninja Turtles, then I'm being a hypocrite. So, to this day, I I have to mentally prepare myself, like for the movie, thirty years later to watch Transformers the movie, the first one. Yeah, the yes, movie. the 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 only the greatest movie of them all. Like one of my prized. Uh, one of my biggest Christmas memories is I really wanted this Optimus Prime truck, right? I really wanted it. I didn't think I was ever going to get it. But then Christmas at my grandma's and my aunt goes, hey, Johnny, I, there's one last present here for you that she had gotten me. And by golly, it was Optimus Prime with trailer, Andrew. came with That's... his trailer. That's... And I played with that thing until it broke. <laughs> so... Optimus Prime rules. I mean, I even got to put He-Man in there. Like, I didn't realize how much He-Man meant to me until I watched the toys that made made us. And I'm watching it. I'm like, I had so many great memories. If you're listening to this show, uh, it's obvious that you're a nerd in something. Uh, I'm I'm a nerd in a lot of things. (laughs) I mean, so to be mad at people or kids, especially loving Barney or connecting with Barney, is ridiculous. If you really break it down, because guaranteed. Again, like Steve from Blue's Clues said, who's your Barney? Who? We all have, at the very least, one. I guarantee you, most of us have multiple Barneys. I have multiple Barneys. I have multiple Barneys as well. <laughs> Which is good because the first two weeks of November, uh, well, this one's out of the way now, yeah. but we got more Barney coming your way. Yeah, way more. We got one more Barney. Yeah. We got one more Barney and Barney Fife. Mister. Yeah, so we're covering Barney Fife next, uh, or more uh more correctly don knots yes 
And then after that, we're going to do the Barney and Betty Hill. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. But that would be pretty funny if we just kept this Barney theme going. Barney, Barney Rubble. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, I like how we're directly to the... Doing, uh, we're doing a retrospective on the Barney Miller show. I like how out of all the nostalgia things, I picked the UFO one because, of course, I did. Yeah. That's what I do. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so uh, next time on the Nostalgia Funhouse, we're going to talk about uh, a man who is uh, criminally underrated now. And I think it's just because he's been gone for so long yeah. uh, as of now. But uh, the one of the greatest uh, physical actors, I think, that it, it's 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 obvious who all he inspired. So yeah. uh, we're going to be talking about Don Knotts. Very excited. We're still not going to watch The Ghost of Mr. Chicken because we can't afford it. <laughs> but there are other Donut stuff on YouTube for free. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which we can't afford currently, but if we don't get more patrons, even that's not looking great. <laughs> we might cancel our YouTube that for free. <laughs> so please go uh, please go to our, our our Patreon and support it. I promise you we're putting up some very fun stuff there. Yes. Guaranteed. Uh yeah. Uh so go check that out. Well, let's kind of give this documentary uh, a rating i think andrew i think it deserves a rating it was how do I mean, we how do uh, we let's... rate it though we normally do our movie reviews off of something yeah i mean how many i love you's do you give it i give it out of five i think probably if i got it now probably the top two i've watched the past couple of years in documentaries is the what is it mcbillions or mcbillions yes that, yes, that one's really good and oh what is that uh, class action park yes that was really i would too. definitely give like very very high ratings this one i would give four and a half i love yous because i consider those five i got you this one's kind of four and a half because yeah i i would give yeah um i think the last documentary that really connected with me to the point where i actually bought the dvd was won't you be my neighbor the Oh, uh, the Fred Rogers one, the Mister Mister Rogers one. That one is so freaking good, and um, that one's a five all the way. This one, though, uh, this is one of those where I didn't expect it to really connect with me because I really did grow up not caring one lick about Barney. At the most, I was annoyed by him uh, because that's all my little cousin would watch. But this documentary would they would bring up things and make me really think. And like you said, like man, I we all have our own Barney. It really does tug at you, and it's really well done. And it's some really wild twists and turns. It's not remotely boring, which is what I was fearing when I was like, they're doing a Barney documentary. Like it's got to be boring. It's not at all, not in the least. It's so well done. I'm with you. I'm giving it also four and a half. I love yous. It's really good. If you know, if you're remotely familiar with Barney, whether you loved him or hated him, I think you should watch this. I yeah. If you're in that time er time period, then definitely, definitely, definitely check it out. Like it's love hate them, and it just I was I was into it. And if you would ask me before Stephen Blue's Clues dropped that question, I probably would have gone like maybe three. He knocked it up. He knocked it up. Three ninety four. Yeah. But once he asked that question, and it, that was probably like the greatest mic drop argument of all time for Barney, yeah. for anything, and that was it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. He knocks it up a bunch. I would, heck, I take uh, him, just an interview with him, just talk. Yes. Uh, I'd listen to that and watch that. And all I, day. 
didn't even grow up with the man. I didn't either. That was not a show that I that was well past after I was old. Uh, you know, when did Blue's Clues come in? I guarantee you I was already out of high school. I was in, I remember, I was in eighth, I remember it best in like eighth grade. Oh, my little cousin did watch Blue's Clues, but not as, I don't think as much. Uh, Blue's Clues. Yes. 96. Yeah. The first episode. 10 seasons. Wow. That's a lot of letters. That is. That's a lot of letters. I think whenever you get a catchy song from a yeah, show, that helps a lot. I mean, I literally great. was singing "Reading Rainbow" and "Wishbone" earlier. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, man. All right. Well, that's been "I Love You, You Hate Me," the Barney documentary. Yeah. Uh, make sure you, if you uh, go check that out, uh, let us know what you thought on our social medias. Uh, we have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. so go check that out. Uh, Andrew is all the time posting really fun pop culture related stuff like a lot of uh, this day in history pop yep. culture related things uh we do a lot, he does a lot of little fun stuff there and ask a lot of fun questions uh so go check that out uh join that uh and of course again last time i will hawk our, <laughs> our patreon go check that out uh really i promise you it's really fun goofy audio uh that it's exclusive to there for only a dollar and we've got a lot in the bag and we're going to do a lot more so check that out uh, thank you for all the patrons we have currently. Uh, you one person, you're great. Uh, we're <laughs> let's give him a shout out. Yeah, uh, for C. He, he, probably, he'd probably be mad at us if we did, to be honest. I, I said Christopher C. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, uh, thank Somehow. you, uh, Christopher C. Um, uh, if that's your real name, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but we appreciate all you listeners. Uh, we know we, I'm very happy with. Uh, how this show is, it keeps growing. It's a lot of fun. Um, so keep listening. Uh, anything else we want to add, Andrew, before we get out of here? Uh, YouTube is, you know, watch some Let's Plays. I've been playing some games on YouTube, trying to do that at least once, you know, once a week or every other week. Um, that's... Yeah, we got a, we have a Ninja Turtle video heading that way, I believe, soon. Uh, yeah, did we... We, yeah, for uh, did we need this? Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yep. uh, we're just we're, waiting we're... on one last thing for it, so that should be soon. Uh, so go check that out on uh, what's we the do. name of the YouTube channel? The Nostalgia Funhouse. The Nostalgia Funhouse YouTube channel. Go check it out. Yep. Uh, Andrew does a lot of fun stuff on there. See, this is why I say I just get to ride coattails. I don't have to do any <laughs> of that stuff. <laughs> I just show up and run my dumb, stupid mouth, and it's great. It's a great gig for me. It's not uh, that bad. It's one of those things where I we make no money off of this, so I feel sometimes no obligation to do yeah, it other than record. If we start making money, I'm going to have to seriously question like what's fair for me to ask for because <laughs> you do so much. We're going to get into contract negotiations. <laughs> I'm not giving up the tantric sex, Andrew. I'm sorry. I just refuse. Shh, you weren't supposed to say anything. Now we got to kick you off the show. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose that one patron. Oh man! Now I gotta go talk to Sting. He's the only one who understands me. <laughs> not the 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 musician, not the wrestler. I don't know if the wrestler. You know what's funny is I thought about the wrestler first. I did too. Since I said it, <laughs> even though I knew the reference I was making. I think uh, actually I saw somewhere. I don't know how true it is that Sting the wrestler owns the name Sting, and he has to pay. Sting the musician pays the wrestler Sting one dollar a year to use the name Sting. 
I don't know if that's true, but I will always say it is. I don't care if it's true or not because that sounds amazing. I love Sting. I do too. Yeah, was, uh, he was one of my mom's favorites, so uh, he's always gonna have a place for me. He's the best, but even uh, down to Surfer Sting. Surfer Sting was great. So one of the reasons why it's WCW. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Me too. But with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Hey, kids. <laughs>